actor, author, certified life coach, encourager, family man, dynamic inspirational speaker, and so much more. Welcome to my podcast, Get Your Positivity with Harold Keith. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Get Your Positivity with Harold Keith. Today, we will be discussing the topic of human resources, also known as HR. For those who are not familiar with what human resources is all about, it's the field that deals with managing people, pay, training, and so much more. A good friend of mine, Lisa, is coming on to discuss her experiences with HR and some do's and don'ts and all of the ins and outs that you may need to know about the career, about how to approach HR, and just overall nuggets that you can use while dealing with your work and HR. So with that being said, I'm excited to introduce my friend, my sister, Someone who is very knowledgeable in this area. I would like to say that she's an expert. And you'll see why shortly. Without any further ado, I would like to introduce the HR expert, <laughs> Lisa Smith. Lisa, are you with me? I am. I'm so here. Listen, I don't think the people realize how quick it is sometimes to just say, I'm going to call HR. And they think HR has all the answers that they need for every situation, not realizing that sometimes it's not an HR situation. And HR, I'm saying, is human resources. So with that being said, before we even get into why you are so overqualified, to be here with me today and talk about HR, which is something that a lot of people do not educate and talk about, I wanted the people to just know, our listeners, to know a little bit about who Lisa is and what is your experience with human resources? Well, I ended up in human resources as a result of dealing with some situations myself. So I graduated from college, obviously, and I have worked in HR um, in the benefits area. And then I found it to be so complex that I wanted to learn more about human resources as it relates to employee relations. So I have been in human resources over 25 years. I am a senior level uh, executive. I've run companies as small as 3,500 employees and as large as almost 300,000, um, ranging from Intercontinental Hotels Group to AutoZone. I'm sure you're familiar with those, the auto parts group, as well as Boeing. You've flown on some of those planes. And I'm also globally certified in HR. So I understand policies not only in the U.S., but in other countries as well. And I just enjoy what I do. And I've done some consulting. Now that we've gotten that out the way, now that we've gotten all in your grill for a second, my <laughs> question to you would be, why human resources? What made, what is, why HR? Because it's so interesting. It's never a dull moment. It's one of those times when you can deal with people, but at the end of the day, what 
I did it for was it just made me feel good. I felt if I could influence someone's life and make an impact where I am, then I always wanted to do that. And so that has allowed me the opportunity in the past to be able to do that. I know there's no dull moments at all. I can only imagine just based on some of the situations that I've had going on. So later on, we're going to get a little situational. But right now, we're going to stick to what we got going on here. So I feel like, and this is something that I really do believe, that whenever you are working somewhere or at least trying to build your career, it has to mean something to you. I personally don't believe in investing so much time into a place where it doesn't bring you any happiness or it doesn't mean anything to you. Now, I do know some people who will stay on a job for 20 years plus and they cannot stay in their job. All they're focused on is a paycheck. But for me, it goes so much further than that because this is a place where I'm spending a lot of my time at. It has to mean something to me personally. I know you've expressed some of the highlights as far as it never being a dull moment, which can get kind of exciting. It keeps you on your feet. And you also just went high level with some things. But when you put everything in a pot and boil it all down, for you, Lisa, what does HR, human resources, mean to you personally. And I want you to dig deep. I I definitely want to know the answer to this because I know for me personally, I sometimes ask myself in all customer service jobs and things of that profession, but especially with human resources sometimes, and maybe it's because it's my lack of um, information on what this really does entail, which is a whole reason for having this this episode today, but I wonder sometimes, why do people want to deal with people all day long? (laughs) You know, like all their complaints and all their, their things, but then I'm realizing that there's layers to this. And I also know that it would feel good to me to be able to help someone who feels helpless or feels like they don't know where to go next and to have somebody, um, for lack of better words, to have somebody act on my behalf. So again, with all of that being said, what does human resources mean to you personally? Thank you for asking that question. I've been asked that a couple times in my life, but not often to that level. So for me, it is exactly what you said, human resources. It's about the human part of human resources. You would be surprised or maybe not Uh, Harold, because you have definitely been exposed to many different areas and many different environments. But you would think with an area being called human resources, that the people that work in human resources would like humans. Well, that's not always the case. And I am a person that I like human beings. Also, from a personal perspective, I grew up with a mother that cared about people. So I always wanted to be able to make a difference. And so in my professional life, I wanted to do something that could help further others along, especially minorities. And when I say that, it's not just race driven, but gender driven, being able to push women forward um, in the workplace. You see a lot of times where, you know, it's always the boys club, the boys club and women trying to break through the glass ceiling. And I wanted to be able to make a difference. And one of the ways that I could do that is by being able to mentor in the workplace through human resources. The other thing is, is I also wanted to work in human resources, like I said, because of personal experience. 
That's why I said people that work in human resources should like humans. If you don't like human resources, you don't like humans, you shouldn't be in human resources. You'd be surprised. So that was one of the other reasons why I wanted to be in that department and also be able to go up the leadership ladder so I could influence that. Um, People skills are very important in human resources and soft skills are major. And so I wanted to be able to influence that with with all of the different companies I've worked for. And they, you know, are in the Fortune 500 group. So I'm influencing some heavy hitters. And I wanted to be able to make a difference. Um, And what I found is that there's not many people of color in leadership in HR. You see a lot of the specialists or the consultants, but when you start to get to the director, senior director, vice president, CHRO levels, excuse me, that's an acronym, chief human resources officer level, uh, I wanted to be able to influence those decision makings and also just be able to push, like I said, minorities forward, not just race driven, but also gender. You know, it's funny because you brought up some points because this is something that I've addressed in um, some previous episodes. And let's just take a pause break. And I want to talk about women in your industry. And I also want to talk about how it is being an African-American in that industry. You already touched on that a little bit, but I want to know how that touches you personally. But but before we get that, it's kind of just hit me as we're talking that there might be people listening who have no idea what human resources what it is, what it's about. There are some people who are just not even in the workforce yet, but about to get into the workforce and they don't even know what that's about. So can you explain what is human resources? I sure can. Thank you for asking. And you're correct. A lot of times people have come to the payroll department, let's say, or to the finance department, not realizing some of the things are controlled uh, or are managed by the HR department and people say HR because it's much easier to say HR versus human resources. So basically in the workforce, anything that touches the person is typically driven by human resources. And by that, we basically go from hire to retire. So from the application process to you signing up for your benefits to ensuring that your paperwork is properly filed in terms of making sure your pay is correct, um, that you're calibrated. And when I say calibrated, making sure that you are matching the pay based on your experience. So we do compensation, we do benefits. Um, there's also other perks that you have, like employee discounts. And then you have the other side of it where it's employee development and training. So you have what we call organizational development and succession planning, where you're backfilling a role for someone um, with the appropriate experience. We also have what is called, unfortunately, employee relations. And that's what makes it interesting where you're just like, can you come just get along and just stay at work and just kind of talk to each other? You don't have to like each other. You don't have to be friends, but can't we just be (laughs) compatriots in the workplace and and colleagues and just get along? And then lastly, what we find and people don't realize what happens in HR, also workers comp. A lot of the times you're dealing with leave of absence and when people are out, um, there's the workers' comp piece and then there's the medical leave of absence and things like that. Maternity leaves, paternity leaves, medical leaves, all the different types of things, including paid time off, vacation days, personal days, jury days, bereavement leave. I mean, everything that basically touches the human in the workplace is governed or managed by HR. 
this is a very important episode. And the reason why is it's an education episode because I feel like I didn't know what I needed to know about human resources and this capacity that you're breaking it down. And it kind of now reflecting back, there are some things that I could have handled a little different if I was educated on it, you know? So there were jobs where I worked and I had HR and I knew the basis of HR, but I didn't know the depths that I do now. And then there was a job that I worked at for years and there was no HR. And with there being no HR, I never felt like I had anybody who could step up for me on my behalf or could help me or assist me when things were out of pocket or done just dead wrong. Um, It didn't operate as a proper business, in my opinion, and maybe some opinions of some others that also experienced what I experienced. However, it just, I felt like I either had to deal with it and stay or choose to leave and not deal with it. So it's it's one of those things where this is an episode that I'm so glad. I, I know I keep saying it, but I'm just so glad that we're doing it. When this episode wraps up, I want the listeners, I want you all to know that you have more power than you think. And you have a support system within the human resources department. Now, I'm not saying, Lisa, in all defense to the HR department, I'm not saying that there are, are, aren't are people out there who try to take advantage of the situation or who like to try to get over in situations. Now, I know some of you are listening and I'm going to tell you, you, you need to do better because you don't want to ruin what it is that human resources does for the people. I think it's more than fair to say human resources is here to help you, to help you. Anything else you want to add to what was just discussed, just so that we are clear on on anything that I may have said wrong? Even if you do not work in an environment where there is a human resources per se person or department, there's always the EEOC. And I encourage anyone, if they feel that they have been, their rights have been infringed, there's always the Equal Opportunity Employment Council that can help you. And I would encourage anyone, if that is where you feel you've been disadvantaged, it's okay to file a grievance and go down to that office and they will help you and counsel you. So even if there's not someone in the company, you always have someone that can help you make sure that your rights have not been infringed. Look, we know each other and I didn't even talk to you about some of this stuff. And I should have because I would have been educated. So that's what this is about. So I want to revisit back to the topic of being an African-American and a woman in this industry. How has that impacted you? And how has that also, I'm going to say impacted you and also have encouraged you to be great at what you do, greater at what you do? It has encouraged me, one, because I am an African-American female, um, to do better, to be more, to be stronger, to be better than my peer. Um, Unfortunately, it comes with the territory of having a skin complexion of a deeper melanin than others. So it is expected that you will be better. Um, And by that, I've made sure that I took the time to study more, to understand more, receive different certifications so that I could represent well. 
Um, I came up in a household where I had a very strong mother figure. And so she always encouraged us to be our best. Um, and in the workplace, it translated into an assertive female, but appropriately assertive, knowing when to speak and when not was always the game you had to play. Um, it's not that I didn't speak because I always did. Um, and sometimes I would wait for the appropriate moment where my chief executive officer or my chief human resources officer may ask, Lisa, what are your thoughts? And at that point, I would say to them, and this was one of my favorite things I would always say, do you want the book answer or do you want my honest opinion? Let me know which one you want so I can know which avenue to take. Um, and so that really made a big difference in how I was successful because I always wanted to make sure I got the correct response based on the situation um, and then handle different scenarios as they happen from there. Um, but it was always a fight, um, particularly as it related to my male colleagues uh, in that they always look to say, how dare this female or better yet, this black female give me information about how to run my department or my company. Um, but I always said to anyone that hired me, I said, if you're not going to allow me to do the job, I'm not hungry, I'm not starving, so I don't have to take this job. So please understand that when you hire me in this area, I'm going to provide you the best information with the best of my ability and that what I do not know, I will consult. And if it doesn't work for me, then it'll be time for me to walk because my integrity means more. That is so awesome. And I'm glad you said that. Shout out to all of the women of all colors, of all nationalities, of all ethnicities who are listening to this podcast. Understand that I know you've been the underdog for so long, but your time, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but your time is now and it's time has been arrived. And that's why it's been so big on women empowerment. But just know that you have all that you need to succeed you just have to walk put on your heels put on your flats put on whatever bling it out pearl it out whatever you need to do put it on and walk it out and know that favor is attached to your destiny and with that being said as long as you're operating in that you'll be good now with that being said let me move back to you lisa i'm sorry sometimes i go on a tangent <laughs> but I want to know what has been one of the biggest lessons you've learned about life while working in this field? I would say people. And I, I know that sounds really strange, but understanding people and meeting them where they are. And it's so mm -hmm. simple, but so profound. Um, and it's one of the things and not bringing religion into the workplace because you're definitely not supposed to do that, but it still somehow manages to raise its head because if it's in you, it's going to come out. Um, but everybody is to be respected. One of the things when I worked anywhere from the receptionist to the janitor to the CEO, they all received the same greeting and the same treatment from me because everybody's role is important. That's 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 
I'm glad you said that because oftentimes you walk into these um, occupations and things and it's so, don't talk to this person because they're the janitor. Oh, this person, and I can't stand that. When I, let me take that a step further. I don't really hate things, but I hate when people don't treat people like they would like to be treated. And then when they're treated wrong, then they want everybody to sympathize with them. They want to play the sympathy card. But where was your sympathy mm. when you were passing judgment on the next person? Ask me, answer that. Where was your sympathy when you were the one throwing the first stone? Where was your sympathy when you didn't know that person's situation, yet you judged them? Where was it? Where was it? And so in this season, Lisa, honestly, because I know you've been a season one follower, but this season is about real life, real issues with real people. And you're a real person. I don't want to hear from people who are paid to just make it look good. I don't want to hear from people who haven't really experienced it, just heard about it. I want to hear from people who are within it. And I want to call out people when they're wrong, just like I do with my loved ones, just like I do with my bonus children. I want to make sure that this is as real as it gets. And I don't want to just, you know, I'm not going to discourage anybody. Yes, you're going to get motivation throughout, but this is real conversations that people do not like to have. And I'm tired of that. I'm, I'm ready to talk about things that I don't care if you like me at the end of the day, you love me, you hate me or dislike me. But at the end of the day, all I can do is walk in my truth and bring on those who have been walking in theirs. And all you're going to get is raw, honest truth based on experience and what we've experienced and encountered, not based on what people have told us or paid us to say. Correct. I totally agree with you. And that's why I said people, everybody's a human being and deserves to be respected until not. Here's the next thing. What is the hardest thing about your profession? That's an easy question. Terminations. Even if it's the right decision to terminate someone, you are still in your mind knowing that you're removing a paycheck from an individual, an individual and someone they may be responsible for if they're married and have children. You recognize that you're the one that is removing the paycheck. Like I said, regardless of whether it's warranted or not, it is still to this day, the worst feeling when you have to do that. All right, so let's flip that question. What is the most rewarding thing about your profession? And that's so strange you ask that because it's just the opposite. When you're able to groom someone and be able to see them promoted. My greatest satisfaction is when I have left companies that someone on my team has filled my role when I've left. And that's happened in three of the four larger companies that I've worked for. And it was such a overwhelming feeling of gratitude and just a feeling of humility that I was able to be able to have that talent to be able to groom them. So let's talk about human resources a little bit more. And I know some people who are listening have encountered human resources. They might have some more questions still and, and all of that. So I want to ask, because I know this is a question that always kinds of is a thing like, is this what I should be or this is what I shouldn't be? And what I mean by that is, what are some things that people should know before calling HR? Because I know sometimes you get calls and it could be like, okay, well, this wasn't on us. Like, you, this is not us. <laughs> but what are some things people should know to educate them on what they should know before reaching out and calling HR? And that, that can be in, taken on so many levels. So one of the things I like to always express to people is when they call. There is nothing that, let's say, they should know. 
but there's a resource that's available. So once human resources provides it to you, then do a little research. So I'll always give an answer, but then at the end, I'll say it can be found on XYZ website or it's in the handbook here or those types of questions. One of my pet peeves is when, by the time it's escalated to me, let me start there. Usually it's gone through three or four levels in the department before it gets to me. So at that point, I pretty much remember those situations. So I will say, you know, let's let's rehash this. Let's talk about the notes we we took when this particular situation happened. So one of the things is, is I'm very open to that because as you indicated in the very beginning, if you're not exposed to human resources, you may not understand some of the components of it. So I'm okay if you come ask the most basic question. Let's say we're going through open enrollment for benefits and we've sent out all this collateral material to let you know open enrollment's happening, sign up for your benefits, but you may not understand what an HMO is versus a PPO, or should I sign up for the 401k plan, or should I take short-term disability or long-term disability? You don't know what either one of those are. Um, or if you don't know where you want to head in your career and you want some direction from the organization and the development team, we have different types of personality tests. We have different types of career assessments that can help you develop where you are. So I should put it that way. There's not a bad question um, or an answer except for punctuality. Now, that's one I think you should know. I always say if, if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. If you're late, you're fired. So just that's that. That's my pet peeve. That would be the one. <laughs> <laughs> so are there any like do's and don'ts or is no do's and don'ts when calling HR? Is there a certain way people should carry themselves? What, what, is, what are the do's and don'ts when dealing with HR? I think it would be just the simple things, respect. But there's no do's and don'ts because sometimes, depending on the situation, especially if it's employee relations, sometimes your feelings are hurt. Your emotions are haywire. It's it's human resources job to try and diffuse the situation or de-escalate it because you're coming in, especially if you've gotten written up for something or if someone has spoken to you unjustly or if you're working in what we call a hostile work environment or you face some type of harassment. It's our job to help find out the information through an investigation, but we also want to de-escalate or diffuse the situation as much as possible. Um, because if your rights are infringed or if you're feeling threatened, those are horrible places to be. So it's our job to be able to respond to the human. And that's why it's called human resources. Again, I, I just can't stress that enough. That is one of my pet peeves is I've worked with so many people in human resources that didn't like humans. Um, and so that's what it's all about. For those who are listening, here you hear it. There's no do's and don'ts. There's no wrong question. Just come correct and 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 come with your facts and be open to doing your part to achieve the end goal. And that's, I guess that's a good wrap up of that kind of conversation. Definitely. I would agree. Um, okay, good. Now, if someone is listening, because I want to move on to opportunities. If someone is listening and interested in going into this field, what basic tools do they need? I would say you can be one of two things because people always think you have to have a degree. There are certifications as well. So you can be not degreed and apply for certain certifications. You want to definitely be into the introductory area 
of human resources. And that usually is in the recruiting side. You're working like as a HR coordinator or recruiting coordinator. So you would be working to support someone that is looking to hire uh, individuals for a particular company. If you are a person who is pursuing a degree, it would definitely be recommended that you look at being in a business type background. There also is a degree for human resources or human resources administration uh, would be a way of looking at it. Um, another piece is in HR, there is compensation department that is highly financial and highly analytical, uh, requires quite a bit of Excel skills, queries, um, some HRIS. Uh, and when I say HRS, I, I should say information systems. So that would easily be a way that you could look at if you have a technical background. Um, but it definitely will require certifications or definitely upper education in the form of, you know, a BA or a BS degree. Um, but there is no way to just come in and not pursue some type of additional education or certification. Straight from Lisa, who has had so much experience in this field. And thank you again for joining me because you're definitely shouting out some things and bringing some things to to the forefront that people don't know about. I think it's important to learn about different professions. You might not know how great you are at something because you know nothing about it. Very true. But it's everything within you. So we're going to take a break from those questions and then I'm going to have two more questions for you after this segment. Welcome to our Let's Get Situational segment, where we will ask a few questions and let the expert respond to these situations. Ready? Here we go. My first question is, what do you do when a terminated employee takes to social media to voice their negative feedback on the company? What can be an unexpected consequence of this action? Woo! That's a heavy one. All right. Well, there's so many different ways you can look at that. Um, and that happens, believe it, more often than not. People take to Facebook, Instagram, uh, whatever media they use, Twitter. Twitter's the newest thing. Um, and what happens is you, you know, my typical advice is just kind of to let it ride. The main concern is the content of the you know, terminated employee, because a lot of times people are just disgruntled, they're angry, and they just want to place the vent and they want someone to co-sign with them, whether they're right or they're incorrect. They just want someone to co-sign. So what I typically have done when that has happened, I, I look at it and go, is, is there sufficient enough evidence to even do an internal investigation, see what happened? Does this employee have a point? Because sometimes that employee may have a point. If you see that same type of complaint or feedback happening as people are terminating that are terminating on their own, I should say, um, or vice versa, uh, if they're resigning or if we're terminating them, um, it may be an issue. You never know until you start peeling back that onion. But one of the things I do want to bring to the forefront is that current employees may comment on a terminated employee's post. That's when we start to look at what's the social media policy. So there's two things you can do with the post. If you if we as a company contact Facebook directly, sometimes they will remove it. Sometimes they won't. It just depends. And what happens with social media is they don't want to necessarily be the vehicle for like nastiness or receiving that type of information. But again, 
you can also do what we call, you know, a legal letter to that employee to say cease and desist what you're doing um, because it could be defamation um, to the company and best practices should be followed because the other thing you have to be careful of is if you do send that, you need to make sure that that letter is not, um, what's the word I want to use? That word is not teetering on um, discrimination, you know, things like that. So you just have to kind of walk a fine line. Sometimes you figure out, is it worth it or is it not? Is this a battle I want to fight or not? But what I did find, though, with such situations, it did peel back in one of the circumstances that something we did need to address with one of the companies I had worked for. Because sometimes it's just not the employee. They may be terminated, but when you see others commenting on it that may have resigned, um, it may be an issue. And 90% of the time when employees leave, People are pretty loyal. When they leave, it's usually because of the manager, not pay. And that's what people don't realize. People leave mm -hmm. because of the people they report to. Rarely is it because of compensation. 90% of the time, people leave because of their management. 10% is for compensation, typically is what you see. There's other reasons. You know, I'm doing some big numbers, but the majority of the time, it is for the manager. Situational question number two. How do you handle an employee who is anonymously accused of actively using drugs? So this employee has been accused by their coworker that they are on some sort of drug, whether it's weed, cocaine, <laughs> whatever the case may be. How do you handle this? That's a good one. Um, and I'll, I had a scenario in one of my former roles. This one was public, but it was interesting that you say that. I'll, I'll address that, but it was just funny. Uh, and I'll throw this little tidbit in. We had an employee at a former company I worked at that did have a drug problem. And um, they actually passed out while they were out on the road. And literally, the needle was in the arm and the police took them to the hospital, thought the person had a diabetic problem. Come to find out they were shooting up at work. And we're like, wow, you're still in the company vehicle, in the company uniform with a needle in your arm. This is great. So people do have problems. Life does happen. But more importantly, as you ask, um, what we do is, you know, accusations happen all the time at work. And you have to be able to analyze what does the person do for a living? You know, what's happening? Are they transporting hazardous materials? Is it a safe environment? So for liability reasons, we may do what we call just a drug test and drug test everyone, um, depending on the situation. But it has to warrant it because sometimes People will do things to be malicious to others, um, and you have to make sure that you're following the appropriate protocol. But in a lot of cases, we do drug screenings, particularly as it related to when I was at Boeing or even at AutoZone, because you're in environments where there's toxic materials or chemicals that could harm people. In the case of Boeing, people can die because this person may have had some type of substance abuse happening where you have a zero tolerance policy. Um, so the biggest thing you can ever do is do the random drug screening that we would do. And if the people test positive, of course, we're terminating them um, unless they come to us from a different perspective. Um, if they reveal that they do have a drug issue, then it is once it's revealed to an employer, it is our job to get them through a substance abuse treatment and partner with them um, to hopefully be rehabilitated from that situation. I'm going to add a part B to this. 
So if you find that this person is not actively using drugs, what happens to the person who Well, if it is anonymous, we don't know. But if we do know the person that reported them, then there's an investigation that goes into that whole process to see what drove that. And if it it leads to something more than that person could face, you know, any type of verbal written warning up to and including termination, because it's the defamation of that person's character if we do receive that information situational question number three what should an employee do when he or she feels they are being harassed and are in a hostile work environment this one happens probably the most out of everything i've dealt with uh in my entire work life um and it's really one that touches to my core um first of all we let the employee know that this is totally confidential. And in most cases, a lot of employees won't come directly to the HR department. They will call the hotline and any corporation that you work. Smaller organizations, this may not exist, but there is a hotline. There's always the employee hotline where you can call and report that's the way you feel. Um, If there's not a hotline, then you go directly to HR. If anyone ever reports that they feel like they're being harassed or they feel like they're in a hostile work environment, it is we stop what we're doing and it goes into a direct investigation. So please remember when you come with that information, make sure you're serious, make sure it's happened because we literally stop what we're doing and start an investigation because we want to make sure that you feel safe in an environment that you're working in regardless. So what we do is we have to act. We have the legal responsibility to investigate that complaint. Then what happens is depending on what happens and what we find out from that investigation, usually the person that is performing the harassment or has caused a hostile work environment, they will definitely face some type of consequence, typically anywhere from um, a written warning up to and including termination. Uh, Depending on the type of offense, it could also cause them to lose some of their retirement benefits and different things like that because it becomes gross misconduct. Um, At that time, um, just remember, again, I always say once you disclose it, we must act and we must move forward with it with as much confidentiality as possible. Sometimes we may have to reveal not necessarily the name, but the situation. So you want to make sure once you do that, it's going to be a process and it will be very involved. And um, I always make sure that people understand don't come because you're just upset and you just want to start something and make it frivolous because you never want that situation to ever be construed anywhere, anywhere different. I remember the book that's called The Boy Who Cried Wolf and He Cried So Much No One Believed Him. So that's what you don't want to happen. Um, this is definitely weighed very heavily by HR. Um, especially in light of things that are happening in our country right now and in the past. We want to make sure that people definitely feel safe, are not harassed, definitely not harassed, or feeling in a hostile work environment. Situational question number four. A referral comes in from a friend. However, the prospective employee has a felony in their background. We can. We can. HR can help. Depending on the situation and the type of felony, the person can be hired 
depending on what type of company and what type of felony it is. Uh, it's always a touch and go because the person that may have referred them may not be familiar or be aware of that person's background, but it can help. And one of the things I have done when I have come across that situation, um, I redirect the person to somewhere I feel where it would be a better fit for them. But what happens is we also have to abide by EEO and what we call Title VII, the Civil Rights Act of 1964, that we have to abide by. So there are certain things we cannot ask from a criminal history. We may see it, but we have to act differently um, in that. So I always try to make sure that we don't even prohibit that or as well as um, such as Africans and Americans like ourselves, or Hispanics, there's part of Title VII that they're protected because of race. So we need to make sure that when the criminal history is present, we work with them to help them elsewhere or redirect them. For example, if someone who has a felony that related to child abuse or molestation, they cannot work with children at all. Uh, they cannot be, let's say, an educator. They cannot work in a um, what do you call it? A nursery. They cannot work in those situations. So you want to redirect those people that may be trying to seek employment and take care of themselves or their family, but you want to redirect them. Situational question number five. After being placed on an improvement plan, how can an employee improve their performance after being placed on a plan? And can their situation- That's a good around? one. That's a really good one because that happens quite a bit as well, more often than you think. Um, first impressions, a lot of times are lasting ones, but you can recover. Um, one of the things that we partner with when it comes to managers is trying to get them to get past what we call the forgiveness of themselves and others. People tend to do deal with the recency factor, not realizing that the life of the employee, they may have performed well. Certain situations may have happened to cause the person to have a short time short-term low performance, but then they're able to bounce back. But a lot of times the recovery is harder when it's the same manager they've reported to. So one of the things I would say is if someone is put on a performance improvement plan, they've come off of that, be stellar, take on extra projects, uh, partner with that manager so that they can see that you genuinely have recovered from the situation. One of the other things I also suggest to the employee is be honest hey, I went through something personal. You don't necessarily have to disclose what it is. You know, my performance has been great for the past X number of years. This was the off year. It could be, you know, and if you're honest enough and you want to say, well, you know, I went through a divorce or I had a child that had some different issues that I was trying to deal with and it affected my work. Life happens to all of us and we're humans. That's why it's called human resources. But be honest um, if you want. Uh, and one of the other things I say to folks, if you find that, you're not able to move forward or you feel like that you won't have a future in that company because of what happened, it's okay to change. There's nothing wrong with that. When you leave, um, your employment verification does not entail what happened in your work history. Legally, unless you sign off on it, an employer can only report the time in which you work for a company. They cannot speak to your performance. If you ever find out that someone disclosed something about your performance, that company can be sued. Litigation can happen. So you definitely can recover from it. Just work hard to do so or 
the other option, again, is always to go to another company. And that wraps up today's segment of Let's Get Situational. I've learned a few things. I hope you have too. I'm going to ask you the final two questions before I promise I'm going to let you go. This information has just been good. And it's been something that I'm glad we're discussing because a lot of places do not. So with that being said, for anybody who's listening, what is any advice you would like to give them when it comes to HR, life, whatever the case may be, because you know it all melts together. Um, so what is any advice that you would like to give? One them? of the things I definitely would like to give to anyone in the workplace is do your work, perform at your best. Don't worry about others. You're, you will be rewarded for what you do and merited for what you do. One of the things I see most is folks will say, well, so-and-so did this or so-and-so got this recognition. Do what you do well so that you can receive your reward. Perform at your level and work hard and have great work ethics and it will get you far. All right. So to sum that all up, you know, I'm going to tell you like it is. Do the best you can do at what you are good at and in those areas that you're not confident in. Get your knowledge level up. Become confident. Because no one's going to do the work for you. No one's going to go on your behalf and be able to do what it is that you know you should be doing. If you know it's not your area, then either level it up or go somewhere that can appreciate the skills that you were God-given, the skills that were given to specifically you to be able to elevate in life. You were not born to be mediocre. So I don't want anyone who's listening to feel like it's okay to just stay complacent and be mediocre. I want you to be better than that, extraordinary. I want you to go above and beyond. I want you to be the best, better version of you. I like that, Mr. Harold. One of my favorite quotes is, I'd rather choke on greatness than nibble on mediocrity. Hello. Hello. I'd rather Say choke on time. greatness than nibble on mediocrity. All right. We, okay. One more question and we're going to wrap this up because that was about to go somewhere else. I'm, I'm good. So if you could choose any theme song to describe your years in HR, what would it be? And I'm challenging you to either sing a line or say a line from that song. Hello? Hello? Is there a disconnect? Is there a disconnect? Yes. You hear me? <laughs> Can you, uh, oh, 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 I see what you're doing here. Oh, okay. I, all right. I see what you're doing. So let me ask you again, just in case you did not hear what I said. I said, if you could choose any theme song to describe your years in HR, what would it be? And then I'm going to challenge you to either sing a line or say a line. I am a champion. I want to hear me roar, Katy Perry, roar, oh, 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 or I can't sing. So I'm not going to try. <laughs> <laughs> Better yet, we are the champions, my friend. We'll keep on Hold on, how you going to change the song? The Which one is we it? We are the champions. That's it. I'll go with that one. <laughs> <laughs> For those who are a little confused about Lisa's re-edition of this song, here's a little sample of what this is supposed to sound like, Lisa. Katy Perry, Roar, before you switched it up.
All right. All right. HR, they're champions. They're championing for people. And it, it, it's a fight. And so that's why I, I like both of those. I really do. I really do. All right, Lisa. Well, again, thank you for joining me today on this episode. I appreciate you taking out the time to really educate and inform because knowledge is truly power. And um, with that being said, if someone wants to reach out to you, somebody wants to connect with you, someone wants to have some more questions. Always open to anyone that may have some questions or comments or concerns or need some advice. You can email me or you can call me. I have no problem with either. Uh, My phone number is 206 853-9030. Again, 206-853-9030. Or you can email me at L-I-K-E-L-L-A-M at hotmail.com. Again, that's L-I-K-E-L-L-A-M at hotmail.com. All right. So Lisa, before I let you go, is there any last words that you have for our- I think you said it best. That is be the best version of you, do your best, perform well, and always educate yourself. Always stay educated. All right. Well, Lisa, thank you so much. I love you. I adore you. And I appreciate the facts that you've brought with your experience here on this episode today. And I know someone else is experiencing some things right now and you've just given them the answer. You've given them the key to unlock the door. So we appreciate you for joining us on another episode of Get Your Positivity with yours truly. Harold Keith. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Get Your Positivity with Harold Keith. Listen, stay encouraged through the week. Check out my website, www.itsharoldkeith.com. Also, follow me on Instagram at It's Harold Keith. And if you have Facebook, you can follow me there too. Guess what it is? Yup, at It's Harold Keith. And while you're showing so much love, make sure you subscribe, like, and share this podcast. Looking forward to keeping you encouraged. And I will definitely be seeing you next week. Remember, real life, real issues, real experiences, real possibilities with real people. And not to mention a real you. Until next week, remember, get your positivity. All right, that's a wrap, folks.